A cold case is an unsolved criminal investigation which remains open pending the discovery of new evidence. When they go unsolved long enough, people start to forget. People forget long enough what was once an act of investigation into a life stolen goes into stasis. Our morning shows are tonight. Seems like it just happened yesterday. A community on edge. That's exactly what happened to Jody. She was happy and laughing one minute, and then the next minute, you know, she was gone. Well, did she just walk away from her son and family and disappear, or did something more sinister happen? This is Reexamined, a podcast focusing on cold cases in Canada. I'm your host, Kendra. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me on my first episode, and I'm so sorry about the delays. I just wanted to mention that if you know anything about this case, please pass it on to Crime Stoppers at 1 800 222 TIPS at 1 800 222 8477. Or you can search on Facebook, Please Bring Me Home. They're a group that's a nonprofit organization dedicated to missing persons cases in Canada. They have an email at tips at pleasebringmehome.com. Tips at pleasebringmehome.com. Or you can message Nick Oldreeve on Facebook as well as Matthew Knopper about this case. And if you know anything, please pass it on. And let's get started. It's not my intention to find who's responsible for this, but although that would be lovely, it's my job to tell a story and pass it on to the people who can do the rest because I think as a community, it's our responsibility to remember and look after these people that vanished without a trace. I found an entry on Web Sleuths that describes Lisa as very nice, kind, and friendly, very pretty. The entry reads as follows. Lisa was a close friend of my mother's. She was at my home the day of her disappearance. Her hubby at the time was a friend of my mother's boyfriend. I was only 13 at the time, but I remember her well. She was very nice, kind, and friendly. Very pretty. She was a petite young lady and pregnant at the time. I hope someday her story is told and the guilty parties are brought to justice. I only know the same information that pretty much everyone else involved already knows. The guilty parties need to come forward as I think they are the only ones who really know what happened. Everyone knows who was involved, but the ones involved are the only ones who know the whole story. I miss you, Lisa. I hope you have peace. Lisa Moss, born 1966, disappeared July 17th, 1988. She was 22 years old. She's 97 pounds, 4'10", has hazel eyes, dark blonde hair, straight and shoulder length. She was five months pregnant at the time. Lisa was last seen wearing blue jeans, white running shoes, a sweatshirt with Mickey Mouse on the front of it. She has a tattoo of a mouse and three piercings in each ear. She might have been wearing the following rings, a friendship ring with one hand on top of the other, 10 karat yellow gold, can be worn with the hands clasped together or separated. An opal ring, 14 karat gold, yellow gold shank with a yellow and white gold top set with diamonds, one black opal. These have never been recovered. 
Police had this to say about Lisa's disappearance. It's not against the law for a 22-year-old to disappear. No, it's not. She's just missing. And you'd like to hear from her. That's correct. And her parents wouldn't more than anything else. I think his response is unusual as it's not against the law for a young woman to go missing, but it is unusual that a young woman who's five months pregnant hasn't came home. June and Ken Reimer, Lisa's parents, adopted Lisa at two years old. Lisa went to West Hill in Owen Sound and she worked at Reimer's jewelry store on the weekends. Ken is quoted saying, We loved her very much. She was a very talented little girl. She wrote poems and she was an excellent writer. Ken was also quoted saying, Lisa was very friendly, very helpful, athletic, very small. She was quite energetic, a friendly person. Lisa was also athletic. She played on the Owen Sound Provincial Championship lacrosse team. They won in the early 80s, and Lisa and her teammates were paraded down Main Street on a fire truck. Her medals remain with her parents to this day. Ken Reimer, Lisa's dad, is a retired jeweler and Second World War Air Force officer. He's a big advocate on pushing to find his daughter, pushing the police to look harder. But in his old age, he's passed that on to other people like us. The day that Lisa disappeared, she moved back to Owen Sound with her parents, and she had just broken up with her boyfriend, who is suspected to be the father of her unborn child. Lisa was looking forward to the birth of her child. She always kept in touch with her parents and with her large circle of friends, so when she didn't come home that night, it was alarming right away. Homicide is a leading cause of pregnancy-associated death the second cause being heart disease. On the morning of Lisa's disappearance, there has been speculation that Lisa drove a friend to Orangeville, but I cannot confirm or deny this claim, and I cannot tell you when this happened in the day. What I can tell you, though, is that Lisa and two female companions met a male companion at a bar that night that is now torn down off of 3rd Avenue East in Owen Sound. From this bar, Lisa, the two female companions, and the male companion went to a party in Woodford, Ontario that night. They arrived about 3 a.m. On the morning of Sunday, July 17, 1988, Lisa was last seen leaving a party in Woodford, Ontario. She left with a male acquaintance. The male acquaintance gave a statement to the police that he drove her back to her car and she left for home. Lisa was last seen in the Sydenham Township. Lisa's car was dropped off at the male companion's house, the same one that she was at the bar with, before heading to this house party a few kilometers away because she didn't want to drive her own car to the party. The male companion has stated that Lisa got in her car and drove down the laneway and turned left, away from Annan, around 4.30 a.m. At least that's what he said. After leaving this male companion's site, Lisa has never been seen again. The OPP have searched extensively for her body, using cadaver dogs, helicopters, and heat-seeking sensors, but nothing has ever been found. Nothing's ever been found in terms of remains, but two days after Lisa disappeared, her green 1976 Plymouth Fury was found on a blind road running through a farmer's property. The car was stuck in the mud, and there were indications that attempts were made to dislodge the car. Lisa's vehicle was found on this farm property, stuck, abandoned, and with the trunk open. 
Some of her personal papers were found several kilometers east of the vehicle. This property still comes up as a place of interest in my investigation today, but as far as I can tell, no one has anything to do with it that owns this property. Three weeks after Lisa's disappearance, her driver's license was found by a citizen. It was sitting neatly in a field, as if it had been tossed from a moving car. A friend of Lisa's told the Globe, whoever hurt Lisa knew her. Someone was either waiting for her in the car or she picked up someone on the way. I know Lisa wouldn't stop on a back road in the middle of the night to pick up just a stranger. Police have conducted 165 interviews over the course of 30 years, but they can't make an arrest without a body. There has been extensive searching on both the property where Lisa's car was found and the laneway where she was last seen. Nothing really of interest has been found. Police and Lisa's family are certain that she's dead, and foul play is strongly suspected. It's been three decades since Lisa has vanished. Many searches later, and no trace of Lisa has ever been found. But many, many rumors are circulating. And I know someone knows something. And I just want to point out that there is no statute of limitations in Canada on murder or kidnapping. So I think the people responsible for this have a right to feel scared. It's been 33 years since Lisa vanished, and I think it's time we think about her father now, who had this to say in an interview. Is there any way of describing what the past years have been like not knowing what happened to Lisa? We've been able to uh, accept the fact that uh, she is no longer with us. We uh, uh, find it very difficult to, to uh, place her anywhere in particular. But anyways... What do you mean by that? You know, we had a lot of stories. Some of the stories were they put her in the septic system. They fed her to the pigs. Uh, you name it. These things hurt. And with my wife passing, it doesn't help matters, you know. Just a month before this new search was launched, Lisa's mother, June, passed away. She was 91. Your wife passed away without ever knowing what happened to her daughter. No. She didn't know. We used to go out and Evenings, weekends, June and I, and we'd go up and down different roads. I'll tell you, we just spent time and time again looking. So whatever happens, it's fine. And they were very grateful. Ken has done everything he can to find Lisa. But now in his old age, it's up to us to find her. There's been multiple searches, which I'll talk about later. But Ken, he's even spoke with psychics, too. An Indigenous man took Ken to Johnson's Harbor and said his pipe smoke would point to the clues. He's done everything he can, and I think it's time he has answers. It was even rumored that Paul Bernardo was in the area. He attended a buck and doe, but that was, of course, ruled out. 
The OPP-CIB Unsolved Homicide Investigation Team and OPP Urban Search and Rescue Unit, as well as the OPP Forensic Identification Unit, have all been involved in looking for Lisa. A newscast said this about the search for Lisa in the early days. One of the organizers who got the volunteers together, Ruth Ann Devlin of Owen Sound, says they were looking for virtually anything. They said that they could use the help, and if we could find anything, it would be of help. Such things as matchboxes, any kind of clues like that, that would sort of nail down the fact that the girl had been in a particular given area. So we're just out for anything we can find. Police have their suspicions, but without a body, pressing charges is difficult. Police have said they have a murder suspect, but the trail went cold years ago. Originally, there were seven suspects, but the list was reduced to one. Lisa's friends were described as a rougher crowd, and Constable Andrew Baynard had this to say. It makes it more palatable for everyone when strangers are involved. Everyone wants to believe the boogeyman's out there and be wary. Well, you know, I've been doing this job for 30 years, and the boogeyman is usually somebody you know. The community was seriously unnerved that there were seven suspects. And I want to be very clear, this isn't just a story, this is someone's daughter. And Ken was quoted saying this in an interview. You've kept every clipping? Yes, every clipping that came out. For Lisa's father, Ken, it's just another disappointment in the search for the daughter who vanished 30 years ago. Over the decades, you have sort of lost hope. No. Oh, no. Never lost. Never lose hope for finding her. Eventually, somebody will find her. Might, might, might not be in my time. But somebody will find her. For Ken, he's gone 33 years without answers about what happened to his daughter. And in my opinion, that's tragic. And I think whoever knows what happened to Lisa needs to come forward. Not to catch the perpetrator, but to bring this girl home. Because that's what she deserves. The two weeks before and after Lisa disappeared had an astronomical amount of missing people, crime sprees, break-ins, vandalisms... I think that's interesting to note. I also want to point out that there's a trend of missing women in the area. Lisa Moss disappeared from Woodford in 1988. Lois Hanna disappeared from Kincardine in 1988. Christine Heron disappeared from Hanover in 1993. And Misty Murray disappeared from Godrich in 1995. Anthony Edward Ringel pleaded guilty to Christine Heron's murder. And I think this goes to show that there's still chances of solving these cold cases. The police have told the public that none of these cases are related, but I think it's an interesting point to make. That missing people is an experience that some families know all too well. Lisa's case was featured in a beautiful oil painting done by Aline Sova. This painter has a series of oil paintings done of portraits of missing women. She did this series to highlight violence against women and what is being done. 
I think it goes to show that violence against women has and always will be a problem unless we face it. In Canada, 79% of police reported intimate partner violence is against women. Women were victims of intimate partner homicide at a rate four times greater than men. That's outstanding. The police came up with nothing from the extensive search in the early days, and the last time I can tell that they've searched for Lisa or done anything is in 2017. In 2007, DNA testing yielded an individual profile from a sample found in Lisa's car. To this date, the sample has never been tested as it is, quote, low priority task when fresh cases are required for DNA analysis. I think it's interesting that the police are reluctant to test DNA in old cold cases because if we could get this DNA tested, we could rule out who was there and who wasn't concretely, or at least know who that DNA profile came from. And that's where Please Bring Me Home comes in. Founded by Nick Oldrieve and Matthew Knopper, their goal is to solicit anonymous tips regarding cold cases and missing persons across Canada. Their goal is to find missing and bring them home to their families and friends. The group was founded in early 2018 by Nick and Matt, as well as Melissa Harwood, although the history of the organization stretches back to early 2016. In total, Please Bring Me Home and its members have assisted in locating 17 missing people, two of whom were unfortunately deceased. Nick joined the search for Lisa in 2016 at Kiefer Falls. And Matt joined the search in 1990 in Ann with two friends. So they've been around for a while. Families are desperate to find answers with people who will look with them. Nick worked with runaway foster kids, tracking them. And Matt knows how it feels loving someone who vanished. As Nick is quoted saying, if we aren't going to do it, who is? We're it. Almost three decades later, with no active detective on the case, it's now up to the community to carry the case. In 2016, Nick and Please Bring Me Home searched an area near where Lisa's car was found. During the search, they found women's underwear and a pop can dated 1988. The police ended up seizing the underwear, but that was not enough for them to look again in that area. In 2017, police searched one of the properties in question by digging in spots all around the property. This property still comes up into question in my investigation to date. Some of the items found during this search are as followed. A shoe sole about the same size as Lisa wore. Pieces of carpet, plastic bags, an old car door, and bones were found, but they were determined to be animals. In 2018, Nick and Please Bring Me Home dug once again in Owen Sound, the group made up of volunteers and donations of excavators and other equipment. The police investigated this property on 3rd Avenue East in Owen Sound on four different locations between 2010 and 2011. They were also on the lookout for Lois Hanna. They wanted to rule out for sure that she wasn't here. And as far as I can tell, nothing to this date has ever been found. In 2019, Nicol Dreve was taken up into the air for an aerial view of some of the key locations. Almost every year since Please Bring Me Home has been founded, there's been a search for Lisa. Nick has forwarded almost 80 pieces of information to the police. 
Lisa owned a purse but didn't carry it with her often. It was missing from the car when it was found. We still haven't found the purse, but Nick has found one similar. Everything that please bring me home finds that could be evidence remains with them until the police are interested, which seems to be a hard thing to do to get them to be interested in this case. I completely understand that there are new cases that take their attention, but I think that it's a terrible tragedy to leave families without answers, wondering what happened to their loved ones. As of this August, Please Bring Me Home did a search in the Niagara Escarpment in a crevice that used to be a dumping ground. Nothing of interest was found except garbage, buried tires, car parts, bottles, farm equipment, etc. Lisa's dad, Ken Reimer, called to thank the searchers for trying to find his daughter. Some of Lisa's friends were on the site, searching for their lost friend. Old friends got to reunite and reminisce about Lisa. Some tears and many hugs. On August 30th, when they were digging, an old-timer even drove down the dusty road to donate $50 and give Please Bring Me Home a tip. The name of a man they already know too well and a place to search. Please Bring Me Home has searched septic tanks, foundations, crevices, anything you can think of. This case is still very much active, but we need one piece of the puzzle to bring Lisa home. In 1990, Ken Reimer, Lisa's dad, hired a company to place Lisa's face on a billboard across Gray and Bruce County and hoped that someone would have a change of heart and speak the truth. Because of this billboard, a song has been made for Lisa. On August 28, 2015, Larry Jensen made a song called Face on a Billboard for Lisa. I'm a father for his child, whoever you are, whatever you've done, whatever the reason, come forward, please come. There are still persons of interest in this case today. We are still getting tips. I know someone knows something. Lisa's friends and family, and especially her dad, deserve answers. And if you know anything, please pass it on. You can stay anonymous. We don't have to know who you are. There is a $50,000 reward leading to information on an arrest and conviction in the Lisa Moss case. That's it for me today. If you know anything about any of the cases mentioned, or especially the Lisa Moss case, please call one 800 222-TIPS, 1-800-222-8477, or the Please Bring Me Home line at 1-226-702-2728, 1-226-702-2728. You can also call the Provincial Police Historical Investigations Unit at 1-888-310-1122. Eleven twenty-two, and if you know anything, please pass it on. That's it for me today. Thanks for joining. I'll be back in October. You can find me on social media at Reexamined Canada's Cold Cases. <laughs>